Excellent, excellent, thank you. Hello and welcome to All Things Japanese from the Japanese Canadian Cultural Center in Toronto. Our topic today is sumo wrestling, Japan's national sport. My name is John Ota and I serve on the art committee and the board of the JCCC. Thank you for joining us today. Our podcast today is inspired by the film documentary Sumodo, Successors of Samurai, at the current Toronto Japanese Film Festival. By the way, you can order tickets to the Toronto Japanese Film Festival right now at the JCC website. That's jccc.on.ca. And the Toronto Japanese Film Festival continues until June 27th. We're honored to have two special guests today. Our first guest is James Heron, Film Festival co-director and executive director of the JCCC, and David Benjamin, author of two books on sumo. James, David, how are you today? I'm good. Very well, thanks, John. Good, 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 good. Thank you. So many people, including myself, have really enjoyed watching the documentary on sumo wrestling at the current Toronto Japanese Film Festival. I'm really looking forward to chatting with you both today. Our first guest is James Hammer, Film Festival co-director. James, what do you like about sumo and how did this fascinating documentary become part of the film festival? Oh yeah, thanks, uh, thanks John. Well, you know, it was in the, in the sort of uh, early to mid 1980s when my, uh, my interest in Japan really sort of came to the fore. But at that time there was no YouTube or internet. So there was significantly less access to information or images of sumo. But you would, you know, you'd occasionally see scenes of it, you know, in the background of a, like a James Bond movie or something. Um, and it also always seemed very kind of alien and bizarre, you know, to see these huge half-naked men with elaborate hairstyles, you know, pushing each other around. So I think in the West at the time anyway, it was often presented as something kind of vaguely ridiculous. But when I moved to Japan to live, my mind changed uh, very quickly on, on, on that. Um, the sumo tournaments were televised every two months and you could watch sumo activities. And the sumo wrestlers themselves had real personality and presence and were obviously superb athletes. So, you know, when watching the tournaments, you know, um, you could get a basic understanding of how it all worked. Um, and, uh, you know, some of the moves that were being used, it was very um, surprisingly entertaining and accessible. It was easy to follow and, and enjoy. And also for part of my time in Japan, I, I lived in Tokyo and um, where I lived was fairly close to a sumo stable. So, um, you know, you'd sometimes see the wrestlers on the, uh, the train platforms or walking in the streets. And, and you know, these were massive guys in their, in their robes. And they were really impressive and, and imposing. But I also noticed they almost had kind of a rock star vibe um, and that many of the young women found them, you know, really, you know, quite attractive. So putting this film in the festival seemed like a really obvious choice because the, the Toronto Japanese Film Festival is, is aligned with the Japanese Canadian Cultural Center's mandate 
of introducing many different facets of Japanese life and Japanese tastes um, for the benefit of all Canadians. So it's not just about cinema, but also about introducing interesting aspects of Japan. So the film itself, I think, is a, a good overview um, and it provides some good insight into the sport and the lives of the wrestler, wrestlers. And it, seems, it seemed like a great opportunity to introduce this quite compelling sport to Canadians who might otherwise um, uh, have a misunderstanding of what it all, what it all means. So in a nutshell, <laughs> Thank you. there you go. <laughs> Excellent. Well, as a documentary, I really enjoyed it. You know, the, the camera goes right up against uh, these very large people and I could practically smell them. So I really enjoyed that. So thank you for your thoughts, James. Congratulations on presenting another highly enjoyable and informative series of Japanese films. Fabulous as usual. Thank you. Our next guest thank today you. is David Benjamin. David Benjamin lived in Japan for seven years where he was editor-in-chief of the Tokyo Journal, contributing editor and columnist for the Japan Times, and author of two books on sumo titled Sumo, A Thinking Fan's Guide to Japan's National Sport and the Joy of Sumo. We will have information on how to buy David's books on the JCC website. David, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you, John. <laughs> Could you please tell us how you came to write two books on sumo and what drew you to this sport? Okay, just to clarify, The Joy of Sumo I wrote in 1990. Uh, in uh, 2010, I, I collaborated with Tuttle Publishing to update and revise uh, The Joy of Sumo, uh, which, which became Sumo, a thinking, fans, a thinking Fan's Guide to Japan's National Support, Sport, which is now... Uh, the available uh, through Tuttle Publishing. Uh, the Joy of Sumo is, is essentially out of print, uh, but uh, it's the same book and it's been in print continuously now for uh, 31 years, which is, uh, which is very gratifying for an author. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> so what drew you to Sumo, David? Uh, I, I, I'm a writer. I was, I was working uh, at home at, at our little, little apartment in ABC. In Tokyo, uh, and uh, I, ran, I usually ran out of gas with my riding around three o'clock in the afternoon. So uh, I started watching sumo. I didn't have a, a real affinity for sumo. I was, uh, as uh, James pointed out, uh, uh, fat guys rolling around in the sand. Um, but uh, I'm an old sports writer, and, and I'm also an aficionado of wrestling. So it didn't take long for me to realize that there was there was more depth and, and substance to the athleticism of sumo than I had ever given it credit before. Um, uh, it's, it's important to note that I wrote The Joy of Sumo. Um, I actually, it started with an article in Tokyo Journal. I wrote a long article, uh, a tutorial on sumo in uh, Tokyo Journal. And then uh, uh, that I expanded that into a book the Joy of Sumo, which is now Sumo. Uh, and, uh, and I wrote it for all those fans uh, who watch sumo on television. Going to the uh, uh, sumo basho is very expensive. Uh, uh, you can't afford to, to go every day of 15 days. So the vast majority of fans, uh, both gaijin and Japanese, watch it on TV. So I, I treated it rather as, as, a, as a sport rather than as a cultural sacrament. 
and as entertainment rather than as uh, an educational possibility for foreigners. Uh, and and uh, and I infused in the book uh, metaphors and comparisons and allusions to other sports uh, that Westerners would be more familiar with. There's a great deal of basketball, for instance, in sumo. Basketball. So can you just tell us uh, a little bit about the basic rules of sumo and the rituals and the culture and maybe even uh, expand on that uh, what you just said about basketball right uh, uh i'm you know the the rituals and the culture uh are, are, are we're, we're not part of my focus first of all um i, I was i was talking about uh, the sport as entertainment as enjoyment for fans um uh, the rule the rule is simple uh you got to you got two big, big guys in, in a very, very small ring. And the first guy who either steps off the ring or, or any part of his body, but his feet touch the sand, but beneath him, he loses. Um, uh, I often point out the fact that sumo is the only sport in the world in which every match ends in laughter. Because when you <laughs> lose, you fly off the dojo into the, into the crowd and everybody laughs and applauds and has a, has a great time and you know and usually uh, very often people who are eating in the front row end up spilling their beer and knocking their popcorn all over the place uh so uh, it's a it's, it's a rare sport that, that that incites laughter constantly that's great so i i i've got your book here one of the one of the pages on page 88 i love is salt pinching so during the the documentary at the beginning of the match the, uh, the wrestlers take salt and throw salt um, around the ring. And um, I really like uh, what you've said here about the different ways that the, the people toss the salt. There are different ways of doing it. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a stylistic flourish. Um, uh, the, the salt is, is, of course, meant uh, ritually to... Uh, to cleanse and sterilize the, the ground, the sacred ground. Um, uh, but you know, it's it's really it's really become just a, just a kind of what I call the sumotori rag. Uh, you know, the, the performance and the dance that goes that goes on before they actually start fighting. Uh, the most uh, flamboyant uh, salt tosser was uh, was a rikshi named Mitoizumi who who uh, who wrestled in the '90s, and he would take uh, his last salt uh his last salt ritual was to take about a pound of, of the salt in his hand basically emptying the entire salt box and flinging it as high as he could in in, in the in the air and of course this drew uh, a, a gasp and an applause and laughter from the audience uh after which mitoisabi would go out and probably lose the match because he you know he had, he had his moments but he wasn't a great wrestler <laughs> He's a good salt picture at all. I, I think in the documentary, what I liked was the, the image of the salt um, flying around and it's very dramatic and it's, it's quite beautiful visually. So for me, I, I'm aghast and amazed at the initial collision of these two large people hitting each other at, at, in a, at colliding with no pads, no shoulder pads, it's no helmets, it's bone on bone. And um, you write very well about the, the process of, of uh, the beginning of that collision and the concentration. It, it, there's uh, a lot of concentration and a lot of, 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 of uh, kind of psych the other guy out before the match. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about that? 
well, you know, that, that initial charge is tachiai. Uh, and one of the magic elements of sumo is that nobody tells the guys to go. It's, it's instead, you know, one guy goes first, the other guy, the other guy crashes into him. Uh, and uh, it, the, that the touchy eye is very often the deciding moment in the match. Uh, I did a, a careful study of uh, who, of the of the two the, of the of the two elements in touchy eye. The the guy who charges first and the guy who catches him. And uh, and like in almost every sport, I I compared it to actually a gunfight. Uh, the guy who shoots second in a gunfight on television, you know, uh, Matt Dillon in Gunsmoke and so forth, the guy who shoots second usually wins. Uh, and in Tachiai, the guy who doesn't charge, who catches the charge, tends to win uh, uh, somewhere between 50 and 60% of the time. Uh, so the, the guy who goes first doesn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily get a jump on the guy who goes second. So David, when I if, when I get into the sumo ring, I'm going to remember that one. Thank you. <laughs> Don't get in. Those guys are bigger than you. <laughs> so, and, and another piece of advice here in your book is fast is good, heavy is better. So uh, these these people are so large. Uh, fast is good, heavy is better. Uh, yeah, the 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 reigning philosophy in sumo for the last uh, 30, 40 years has been uh, make guys bigger and bigger. Um, uh, uh, and when, when I talk, you know, when I talk about, I, I think actually uh, the, the faster Rikshi uh, are, are the, are the bad, better athletes. Um, uh, but uh, the Sumo Association has encouraged uh, weight gain uh, to a dangerous level uh, for, for years now. Uh, and, and very often it's almost impossible uh, for a, a, a smaller, quicker guy to get around a bigger guy and, and he ends up just being pushed off, off the mat. Uh, but, you know, the best athletes uh, in sumo have always been the faster ones. Uh, the best of all time in my, in my review it was Chiono Fuji. Uh, and he, uh, among the top 40 wrestlers in the upper division uh, when he was wrestling, he was the 38th biggest. So, so yeah, so, so fast, fast is, fast is, is, is always better unless the other guy is so huge that, 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 it's, that it's impossible to move him. Right. Thank you. And, and I've, uh, I've read where uh, there are uh, female sumo wrestlers around the world now. Uh, yeah, that's called Onazumo and I disapprove. You disapprove? <laughs> yes. You disapprove of female sumo wrestlers? Uh, no, I, 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 it's a, I, yeah, I, I just, I, I, it's, it's a gimmick. All right. Uh, uh, in the, in the post-war era, uh, Onazumo was a kind of, was a kind of a burlesque show. Uh, they had, uh, uh, Women in in uh, in Shinjuku in the in the red light district wrestling uh, in 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 nightclubs and so forth in sumo outfits. Uh, so it's always been a little bit disreputable. Uh, and the 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 physical uh, uh, difficulties that are caused by weight gain in sumo and so forth are are something that I disapprove of. Uh, I don't I don't I don't think sumo wrestlers should be forced to gain as much weight as they do. And I think imposing that on women is 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 just a, all all the more all the more distressing uh so uh I, I and besides that it i don't think i don't think i don't think people will, will want to 
uh, I think Onazumo is, is a is a gimmick actually, and I, uh, I don't think women women will enjoy doing it, and I don't think fans will enjoy watching it. Right. Well, that's that's uh, well taken. Thank you. Well, thank you for that background. So many uh, insights. I think that I'm going to uh, watch that documentary again and uh, remember your, uh, your, your comments while I'm watching it. So thank you for being here. That is sumo. That is sumo today. So in conclusion, I want to thank our guests today. Thank you to James Heron. Yay. Thank you to David Benjamin. Yay. Thank you, Thank you. For, for doing this. The Toronto Japanese Film Festival is on right now until June 27th. You can order your tickets online at jcc.on.ca. And I highly recommend Sumo's Successors of Samurai, but there are so many lovely films to watch in this year's lineup. We hope that you've enjoyed listening to our discussion on Sumo, Japan's national sport. Thank you for joining us today. My name is John Ota, and this has been All Things Japanese from the Japanese Canadian Cultural Center. Arigato! Arigato! Thank you for being here. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Ah, uh, <laughs>